everything happens through people. You have to network. We talk networking, personal branding, and lots more with Tom Rioch, the king of networking in Brazil. So have a listen. Welcome to Reinventing Perspectives. Today we have a very exciting guest. Well, Tom is an American known as the king of networking in Brazil with many years of professional market and product development experience with small and medium enterprises and large corporations as well as multinationals. So Tom, we are so honored to have you on here. Thank you for being with us. Tom, please introduce yourself to our audience. Well, Priscilla, first, thank you. It's an honor for me to be part of your show. As you mentioned, I'm an American. I've been in Brazil for over 50 years, born and lived in Pittsburgh in Pennsylvania, studied and spent most of my early life there in Pittsburgh in Ohio. Then I came to Brazil through exchange persons that I had met. I wasn't an exchange person here. Through those persons came to Brazil. I had never traveled before in my life, had never been on an airplane before, but came here as a young person trying to understand what the world was about and restarted. Came through a cultural shock because Brazil is a country that speaks Portuguese, does not speak English. I had to find my way around. One thing led to another, and it was really one person led to another. And therefore, the beginning of networking, everything happens through people. I started working for different companies here. I actually started teaching English to survive. And through that, met different business persons. We attracted, we developed different business relations, worked for a Danish company, then a Dutch company, then an American company. So that was my executive portion of Brazil. Uh, when I was 52, I was fired from the corporation where I work, as the English say, made redundant, which is sometimes better to say. And that's where I had to restart. What have I done in the meantime? Started a consultancy, became an internet radio host, and now am a podcast host. Right now, talking to you as a podcast guest to a podcast host. So that's the short version of Tom Riach. Well, Tom, tell us, the king of networking. Why do they call you the king of networking in Brazil? Well, that started in the year 2000 when I restarted my own business life here. I started a consulting company. I'm a founding member here in Campinas, the city where I live, of the American Chamber of Commerce. And my focus was starting my own business, starting out as an entrepreneur. I needed to meet people. I had met people where I had worked previously. But I found that when you restart your career, when you start a career, you need to develop a group of personal relationships, right? And it was through the American Chamber that I restarted that. We set up the first branch here, and it was through that branch, through the first year, that we attracted business persons in the region to be part. But at the end of that first year, almost half of the members left, and people who were administering the American Chamber at that time came to me, because I was really one of the only Americans in the American Chamber. It's all Brazilians. They says, well, what's happening? They had made a survey, and most people had written on the survey that they left because they hadn't met anybody. And I personally found that surprising because we would have events that would have between 50 and 100 people. To have somebody say they couldn't, hadn't met anybody was surprising. But I said, that's a cultural thing. This is why is that? I said, well, in Brazil, most people want to be physically introduced to a new person. Okay, So that's a cultural habit. They won't go up to somebody that they don't know and just present themselves. And that's where I start. I said, well, we need to teach our members how to network. First, we need to teach them what networking is. How do you develop 
personal relationships, how do you develop business relationships? And what I say is that I can only grow my business network, my personal network, through people that I have never met. So it's through unknowns that my network will grow. So whenever I was in a meeting or seminar in the AmCham meetings, it was full of new people. So for me, it was never a surprise. I would go up to new people and say, hello, I represent myself. I'm Tom Riak. Who are you? What do you do? What have you? Uh, going back to the typical elevator speech. That's how I meet people. That's how I've always met people. So we started to teach our members that. We can't teach our members. If we can't teach our administrators of the association how to network, it will never happen. And so that's where we started. In doing that, having people at that time create a business card, to have a business card, which I think is just a very basic courtesy of handing over some of your information to someone, where can they find you? Those were the little details. It was through that that these persons started calling me the king of networking. And so whenever I would be in an event, they would say, oh, here comes the king, here comes the king, the king of networking, Tom Riox, the king. And it picked up. And I said, well, since everybody's introducing me like that, that became my, let's say, hashtag. That became my brand, which I use today. I have over these years spoken to many different groups in AmCham, other organizations, to youth groups uh, who are starting out, to students. Uh, trying the same thing. You need to develop a group of uh, relationships, and it should start early. So that's why I'm the king of networking. Your brand kind of just evolved out of just what you were doing. That's a great takeaway there. Now, Tom, people struggle with networking. People always feel like it's very difficult to make those connections. It's easy to meet people, but it's hard to make connections. So what would you say is the key things to really think about for effective networking? Again, it's simple, something that I learned from my mother as a young kid. My mother always said, give and ye shall receive. I think networking, developing relationships, the first point is to offer something. Many times networking, and I'm I'm talking in a world sense, uh, most people look to others to develop networking, either when they need a client or have lost their job. That's pretty global, all right? So when people are out of work, they need to find a job. So then they try to find people or go to events to restart. And I'm not saying that's good or bad. That's the way it is. But it shouldn't be the day you lose your job that you start thinking of networking. At the same time for clients, what I consider networking, obviously, it's to find a job, clients, that's part of it. But the biggest part for me is finding allies. So if I consider myself an army of one, I need allies. I need to meet people, and I need to know about people. I need to know about Priscilla. I need to know about what she does, how she does it, where she does it. All right, she's helping young people in Perth, Australia. So how can Tom Riach, an American in Brazil, help Priscilla in Perth, Australia? I don't want a job, all right? I don't want you as a client, but maybe somebody does. Maybe you have a job to offer. I don't know. But I'm using you as an example because that's to anybody. So I consider people that I meet wherever, so if I meet them in person, if I meet them virtually, I consider them allies. And I also want to be, first of all, an ally to the person. I want to know what that person does. So even before the pandemic, when I would meet people, I would hardly ever say who I am or what I do. That was rare. I would always ask, who are you? What do you do? Where do you do it? 
And if it was in the American Chamber, which is a business setting, then I would ask you, who are your preferred clients? Those were what I would call the keywords that I would need to help me remember you, saying you, Priscilla, today, but anybody. So I know Priscilla is a person, and she's looking for business, or she's looking to share, and that's it. That would go into my mental file. Someday, somebody would come up to me and say, do you know anybody from Perth, Australia? Fifteen minutes ago, I would say no. Right now, I would say yes. I know Priscilla. She's in Perth. Would you like to contact her? It's very simple. So that's the sharing portion of networking. But to be able to share, you have to have that. You have to create that. So that's where it should all start. The way that you explained it, it's so simple. I think we've just overcomplicated it somehow, struggling with what is networking? How do you network? How do you do it effectively? But like you said, if you offer value, you're interested in other people. It brings me to a point that I mentioned, obviously, that, that comes to personal branding. In some aspect, we need to sell ourselves. They only buy you if they know who you are, what you are, and what you stand for. So in some way, you have to show that. What I did learn over my life was not to underestimate myself. And we all, each of us, we're, we're in a world today that's approaching 8 billion people. That's a huge number. Obviously, I'm not trying to reach 8 billion people, but each one of those persons is unique. I haven't found today two people that are the same. I recently interviewed twins. They're not the same. They're different. But that's life. So as many people that I can, and what I have found, everybody has value. Everybody has something. Their uniqueness. Sometimes what I try to is help them discover what their uniqueness is. Many people don't see themselves as being unique. So that's part of the positioning. That goes back to being the ally of helping people, helping people show. The more each one of the persons that I'm connected to can connect, it's actually helping me connect to more people through people that I know. Thanks for that, Tom, for just breaking that down. I like that you led into personal branding, so we might as well jump to that because you want to offer value as you're networking, but you also want to be memorable, which I think speaks to the personal branding side of it. As an early entrepreneur, should you focus on the business brand? Should you focus on yourself as the personal brand? Should you do both? I don't know. Maybe you can just speak to that. I think the short answer is we need to do both. Because as an entrepreneur, we will have a business or we hope to have a business. But as a business leader in a company, you are the face of the brand. Your company could be a product. It could be a service. I started discovering personal branding when I considered myself a can of peas. So it's a can of peas. And I would ask people in my audience uh, when I was speaking, I says, how many of you have ever eaten Peas. And almost everybody raises their hands. Yeah, they've eaten peas. So how many of you get up in the morning and think of buying a can of peas? Nobody. This is why a can of peas here in Brazil, anyways, is an add-on to something, either a salad, but it's never the main dish. So I says, well, if I go into a supermarket, the shelves are full of different brands of peas. What makes somebody go down that aisle and pick can A, B, or C? If in the can, basically, it's all the same. So for me, at that time, I was a consultant or a speaker, even as a speaker. How do I have to focus on what I'm doing? And that helped me focus on my brand. What is part of my brand? Networking. King of networking. I could actually speak of a number of different things, motivation, career management, whatever. 
the more I decided that I had to focus to create a niche. And that's good for any interpreter. If you have a business or you have a product and you have a service, what is the niche? Who are you trying to help? What are you trying to help them solve? And networking, again, is what I found being my niche. But I also had to create the brand. Part of that brand was king of networking here in Brazil. So once I started tying that, and who is the one king of networking? People going to Google, put king of networking, they would find somebody. That somebody was me. I was the can of peas. So we generally think, well, I'm going to just focus on my name. My name's difficult to spell and almost impossible to pronounce. So I just can't sell my name. I have to sell and create interest around the rest of me as a product, and I consider myself a product. So that's the co-branding. It's the personal branding of the person, because I am the man, you are the woman, we are the people, and the company is A, B, or C. Is what I found in my professional life, that many companies change. They come and go. They join to others. We've seen that these last few years. Companies have gone under. Companies have merged. Right. So the names of companies that we remember, we don't remember anymore. They don't exist. They've merged to something else. We as people, we don't merge. So I'm Tom, and you're Priscilla, and God-giving will we'll be that way until we die. So we need to highlight the name. The name of our company or what we're doing at the moment is temporary. So we may have to restart that on the company. Our interpreters, startups today, the average life of a startup, 2021, could be somewhere around two years. If you look into LinkedIn and follow the profiles of people, people have now changed jobs or changed professions many times. I've changed my profession. Started as a teacher, started to teach English, as an executive, podcast host, consultant, speaker. These are all professions. These add on to the brand. So it's really how do you position, how can we position those? And we need to work on both all the time. Early entrepreneurs, sometimes we're afraid of putting ourselves forward. We try to kind of be behind the company, but the company can, you know, it might not work out. But you as a person, you need to, like you said, be networking, be building relationships, be building value. And even if what you do changes, who you are is not going to change. But I think you made the case there for all the people who say, oh, I don't want to put myself out there. You mentioned the word that's key. You said afraid. That word is fear. All right. We all have our personal fears. And that fear in a business sense comes to rejection or failure. And worldwide, we've adopted failure as something bad. But what we've learned in startups, we hear that fail fast. Have you ever heard that? Fail fast. So you need to fail very quickly. And in the United States specifically, and in Europe in some cases, venture capital companies offer more money to companies that have failed than to companies who have never failed. So if you are an interpreter, you need to fail. It's part of the process. So you can't fear failure. You have to embrace it. And that comes back to us as a person. Tom, as a personal branding person, I have to overcome that fear. I overcome the fear coming to a country where I didn't even speak the language. The fear of approaching people that I couldn't communicate with. Fear in business. People saying, why are you an American in a company here selling to Brazilians? Why not? That's psychological. We have to convince ourselves. We have to sit down in front of a mirror once in a while, which I did when I lost my job. I looked into the mirror and said, well, what do you got? What's on the table? 
you've lost your job. Now, what are you going to do? We have to make a strategic analysis of ourselves. Obviously, I've had experience. For young people starting out today, I agree that it's sometimes more difficult, but they have to do that. So if you're 18, 19, 20, you're in school, it's not what you want to be. It's who you are. I hope you're enjoying this conversation so far with Tom Riok. If you'd like to connect with Tom, please go to www.linktree slash Tom Riok. And to spell Riok is R-E-A-O-C-H, Riok. And as always, please leave us a review in your podcast listening app. Let us know how we're doing. But more importantly, let me know what kind of guests you'd like me to have on and what exactly you'd like to know to help you on your journey as an entrepreneur. Thank you again, and let's jump back into our conversation. It's who you are that will take you to what you want to be. So concentrate on who you are. Concentrate on meeting people. Concentrate in helping the others. Empathy. That, to me, is the key to success. Well said. Tom, what was it like restarting your career at the age of 52? What did you have to unlearn? What did you have to learn that was new? Well, restarting was in the year 2000. Right? When, as I said, I had lost my job as an executive, as an industrial-type company here in Brazil, had been made redundant. And what was happening in the year 2000? The year 2000 was the year that internet started. So for many people listening, that's, some, that's news. They hear that on History Channel. But in the year 2000, the internet was something that was coming. And for me, as an executive, as companies, most companies, organized companies at that time, didn't realize what internet was all about. And I didn't. But I saw it come. That was the tendencies. So I said, well, how can I restart? I need to understand this. I'm not a nerd. I'm not a technical person. My whole life has been in product development, market development, but of products that you can, tangible things. So I need to learn this. So I asked a friend of mine, a young woman who was a trainee where I had worked previously. Her name was Fernanda. I said, Fernanda, you have to find me an internship. She says, what? You're 52 years old. Why do you want to be an intern? She says, well, I need to learn about internet. This is happening. I don't even know what it is. She did help me find an internship with a young group. And this young group was seven interpreters who had gotten together, average age 22. And they were starting up as a dot-com company. So you may remember what was dot-com. For me, that dot-com, what's dot-com? But that's where I started. I said, I just want to sit next to somebody who's looking into a computer doing things. I just want to observe what he's doing. I promise not to bother anybody. I just want to see what is this. And I did that. Six months I spent understanding where was the value of internet, how these young persons were taking internet.com to a point. What the trade-off was, they didn't understand how to sell what they were making to persons like myself, to directors of most directors of companies at that time, 40, 50 years old, had no understanding of internet. So I helped them develop communication skills, literally to speak to old people like myself who were business leaders. So he says, well, I'll help you speak to guys like me or women like me, but I need to understand where's the value. What is it that you need to offer? At the beginning, I couldn't understand it. Obviously, very quickly, I says, wow, this is great. And that became a rebirth for me. We don't forget our past. We reorder it. My experience in the past is good. It helped me. But if I don't, at that time, if I don't learn something new, Tom Reoc will be obsolete. And I can't be obsolete at any age. We have young people who are obsolete today. 
They're not connected. So it's not a question of age anymore. It's a question of learning something new every single day. So well said, especially with the rate at which things are constantly changing. You come out of university or college, whatever you call it in whatever country you're in, and what you've learned is no longer relevant. Right. And in some places, you're really just stuck as to what to do next, because you were hoping that this would be the next this would lead you somewhere. I'm going to get back to the point of networking, if I may, Priscilla. Young people in school, four or six years or two years of college or university or whatever you call it, they dedicate their time to understanding techniques. And these techniques may not be relevant. And life is showing us that some of them are not. After four years, it's all different. But I want to get back to the point of networking. Networking for any student anywhere in the world should start the first day they get into school. Because those people, your classmates, your roommates, they could be with you for the rest of your life. What you will learn in class may not be. But if you don't develop relationships there, and many students are in a school that can have 100, 1,000, 15,000 students. Learn, know them. Even before, in high schools or pre-college, know who the people are that are in your room. Meet them. Know their last name. What do you think they'll do? It doesn't matter what they'll do. Where will they be? Find a way of tracking them in the future. My classmates, I went to Bowling Green, Ohio many, many years ago. Most of them are doing something in their lives, some different place. Could I find them today if I need to? Yes. Do I call them up every day? No. But I have a process of finding people. What is my process? LinkedIn a professional platform of finding people, of being found. The other side of networking, not is finding, it's being found. Two keys to success in networking. One is being remembered for whatever reason. And in Brazil, if somebody just thinks of networking, they'll say, hey, who's the king? This guy. Where can I find the king? Here's my castle. So they can dial me up. They can call me. They can send me an email. They can do whatever they want. I will be found. We need to be remembered. We need to be found. People who have gone through school can't remember their classmates. If they do, sometimes they can't find them. Wow, there was a woman that I was in class with. She was a brilliant person. She was focused on helping young interpreters. And I think she's in Australia. How can I find her? Don't know. So if I really want to, I can dig and dig and dig. But today, most people don't want to do the digging. They want to reach in and pull out the nugget. Digging and finding gold, nobody wants the hard work. That's back to us. Be remembered and be found. Absolutely fantastic. There's so many great points that people can begin to start doing immediately because you can see the value in it. Now, Tom, since you have so much experience with taking products global, when you mentor new entrepreneurs with a product or service that they want to take global, what are the kind of things that you tell them to focus on first? Well, first of all, back to LinkedIn. All right, whatever you have today, LinkedIn is a business platform. It's a global platform. There are other platforms. What is available today, and it's free, so there's low cost, low investment of taking part of that, is a platform to show who you are, what you are, who your company is, what it's about, and what you offer. But on the other side is to find people or to find eventual partners out in the world in different countries who may be interested in hearing what you have to say or seeing what you have to offer. Work, I say networking is work. doesn't come free. Platform is free, but you need to dedicate time to that. So the branding, create a brand, create credibility. 
All right. Even if you're a startup, even if your company started yesterday morning, but at least have something, have some meat on the bones that people can adjust to and start showing that. And then go out. The world, again, 8 billion people, billions of companies, hundreds of countries, and people adjust and use and can use. When we talk about a global society, it has become more global. Virtual networking, because of the pandemic, has become a way of life. It was my way of life even before that. So you need to reach beyond local. Many times, whatever we do, we're thinking of our own backyard. But the global part is is to realize there's a world out there. And once you realize that dimension and overcome the locality, there's nothing wrong. Get me wrong. There's nothing wrong about being local. But understand what being global is. Because many times as interpreters, our competition is coming from outside the country, not our next door neighbor. And when you wake up and you see somebody's here, somebody's taken over your market, artificial intelligence is taking over markets. Tendencies, finding and following tendencies comes from being on a global platform. Tom, thank you so much for this conversation. I have so many things to ask you, but we've run out of time. So we have to catch up again. Tom, what is the number one book or resource that you would recommend for an early entrepreneur? Well, I always recommend a book by Dale Carnegie, which I use. The basis of that, Dale Carnegie was from Pittsburgh. and He was considered the forefather of networking. Uh, so I recommend that to anybody. It's just simple techniques of networking, and that's universal. It can be used by anyone, anywhere. When you're entering into a new environment and they've got a different culture, how do you prepare yourself so that... You know, because you often hear about certain ways are offensive, sort of ways are taken the wrong way, certain things are in different societies mean different things. How do you prepare yourself to go into a different cultural environment? Obviously, I try to study something beforehand. And today, one of our fantastic tools we all have in our hand is a smartphone. So you can be anywhere, anytime, and you can find information about anywhere, any company, anything, any habits using that. And the more we learn how to use this as a tool, it's instantaneous. So I don't have to plan. Do I have to plan to talk to Priscilla? Yes, I do. What did I need to do? It's my computer, but it's here. Who is she? Where is she? What's she doing? What's her proposition? How can I help? It's all here. Do I know where Perth, Australia is? Yes, now I do. Do I know there's a time difference? Because I say, well, Brazil is continental. Australia is continental. It's all not Sydney. Just like Brazil is not all Rio de Janeiro. So it's just very simply looking for information. You don't have to wait for the information to come. It's findable and very quickly do that. Our last question is always, what has faith meant to you on your journey? Faith. It comes back to my mother. My mother and I grew up. I grew up after the Second World War. My youth was, let's say, impoverished. We had a lot of difficulties. But my mother would always very simply say, put it in God's hands. And that's a very simple thing to say. Sometimes it's a very difficult thing to practice. But that has been her motto and my motto throughout my whole life. So when I do come, and I have come to many different personal challenges, you just have to put your faith in God. You have to believe that there is a power out there, and the power is good. It's trust. It's credibility. If you trust your faith... Your faith will come back and trust you. Thank you so much, Tom, for a great conversation. And thank you so much for sharing with me and the audience so many tips that we can really begin to use and change the way we do business. I want to thank you and for the opportunity again, Priscilla. 
please check out the bonus episode. It's only a few minutes long, and I think it's really going to tie well with this episode on networking. For more information, freebies, and clips from various episodes, please follow us on Instagram at Reinventing Perspectives or go to our website, www.reinventingperspectives.com. Thank you so much for your time. We absolutely value your time, and even more, we value your feedback. Don't forget to leave us a review. Thank you so much and see you again next week.